0: Hello and welcome to this month's Open East Radio at the Whitmore Community Centre in Hackney and today we are a small group of Open uh, East Radio um, members so I'll just get everyone to introduce themselves around the table
1: Oh, good afternoon. My name's Luigi Indri, and I'm here just to learn a little bit about um, Open East Radio.
2: Good evening. My name is Newton Dunbar. I'm here again on Open East Radio, and of course, even though we're small, we are getting to know each other and enjoying each other's company. We started off with a traditional cup of tea which was a very good welcome in an English society and of course added to that there was cake (laughs) and of course a fruity bit was grapes. So we're, we're well in and we're resonating to getting together and to express in our thoughts for today
3: hello my name is sasha edie lintner and i'm here today just to chat to
0: people other members of open east radio well thank you all for being with us um And um, Newton, I noticed you said good evening. I don't know what clock you're running on, but Um, it is not. I'd say afternoon, Um, but you know it depends what time you wake up. up. Living
1: in the the Far far (laughs) East.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
2: um, forgive me for that because time flies so much that um, I've gone ahead of what I should have done. But we're coming into evening. Yeah, we're getting there. And of course. um, Forgive me for that slight <laughs> slip of the time.
0: It's all right. I'm just teasing you. Um, so today we are going to talk about identity. And um, the reason I want to talk about this is because I've, it's something I've been thinking about quite a lot um, with the work I've been doing. So I wanted to kind of gauge your thoughts and views around, I guess, Um, the main thing that I'm I I, I thought we would explore is the assumptions that we make about other people and then also how we identify ourselves so how we label ourselves and how we label other people and then how you kind of sometimes are surprised by um, uh, you know the assumptions that you make are are completely um, broken down and you're surprised or, um, you know, you label yourself as something and then, and then kind of a few years later, you're, you actually become some, someone else or something else and you label yourself as something else according to how your life changes. So, you know, um, some people, uh, define themselves by their job or some people define themselves by their sex or some people define themselves by their religion. So, um, I just wanted to go around the table and just ask, who are you? So, Luigi, who are you?
1: Well, these days I think I'm a great uncle for my family and um, I, I like to do as much work as I can for my local community centre, the St Luke's Community Centre in Central Street in, at the south of Islington. And um, that's about all, really. Um, thank you.
0: So, Luigi, you identify yourself as an uncle, a great, a great uncle, uncle, and someone who wo- who helps yes, in the community. Uh, yes, yes, center, yes. Okay. What about you, Newton? How would you identify yourself?
2: Well, in a traditional way, um, one identifies themselves as regard what they do as an occupation, and the fact that uh, I am blessed to become. What I am, which is a DJ. Um, uh, my name is not regularly mentioned, but just a DJ, <laughs> and that crosses over into all the different communities. Um, when I go out in the streets, I'm shouted sure that as DJ, and even from people who are not really traditionally interested in music but the words got around somehow and um, I suppose I start to think of myself in that way and it's not a bad thing because you're aware of what's expected of you and that really is me in this present dispensation of myself.
0: So you are first and foremost DJ and that's how you define yourself and that's how other people define you at the moment
2: yeah we are what we first of all it, it was at one stage eat, but now it's what how we think <laughs> and um, of course it gets into your psyche and it's as I said not a bad thing because a DJ means that you play music And my aspiration is to send a message out there and to sort of, you know, fill a space with my spiritual input, which is music.
0: And Sasha, how about you? (coughs) Oh! We have somebody at the door. Yes, Rick's going to answer that. I'm not sure because the first question everyone asks when you meet someone for the first time it's always what do you do and they're normally talking about job wise but at the moment I'm trying to change career so I think I'd identify myself most prominently and probably quite obviously as a woman Um, at the moment that's what I'm definitely sure of and hopefully in the future I, I can identify myself more as my job which will hopefully be radio producer, but yeah, at the moment it's definitely something that's changing. So, and Ken has just walked through the door. Hey, uh, Hello, uh, Ken. Come bring a chair in, and I'm actually going. you you're, you're going to jump straight into straight this conversation up. and uh, perhaps share a mic with Luigi here, Luigi, if that's all right. So, actually, Ken, what we're talking about today is identity, right, yeah. and. How do you... When someone asks you... So how do you identify yourself? How do you, What's your identity at the moment? At the moment?
4: It's really interesting you ask me that because I have... Um, is Mike... Conner? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was kind of quite ashamed of my identity as I was growing up in England because my parents were first-generation Irish or I'm first-generation English. I don't know how you say that. But they came over when they were quite young and so... You had to sort of, like, hide your, your identity. Oh, you're Irish, and then so there'd be jokes about Irish people, blah, blah, blah. Fortunately, I was brought a Catholic school. But looking at uh, sort of some videos of Johnny Rotten, who I was... I'm, I'm actually from that period, so I experienced punk firsthand. I was there, I've spat on them all, and I actually... Sort of um, realise that there's the sort of similarity between us in terms of he's that sort of first generation um, English or, or English Irish mix. And, you know, and it's, you know, there's, you know, it's, you, people should be proud of their, their identity rather than having to be ashamed of it and hide it. And I think that's kind of like what happens. And fortunately, society's changing and people can identify with their identity whether it's through their sexuality or their nationality or their color or their creed or whatever so yeah i'm pleased to see that the changes that have taken place over quite a relatively short period of time in history
0: sorry um we have i'm not being rude and texting (laughs) we have another member who's trying to get in so i'm just um trying to uh, open the door from where I'm sitting which is an interesting um, challenge <laughs> Can you actually do that? Um, not really, but I'm just suggesting that she rings the doorbell um, So what, it's, it's interesting how we, how that kind of identification of ourselves changes. So Newton you said now you identify yourself as a DJ, but you haven't always been a DJ, so how is that kind of identification of yourself, how have you kind of presented yourself over the years, like what are the different personas that you've had or identities that you've had, and I am going to just jump up while you talk Um, I'm not being rude
2: Well, um, in my days I've been many things, um, and I was not as enthusiastic of accepting some of the things that I've been, but um, as you grow older, you accept certain things as part of your future or destiny, and um, in looking back though, I can now accept all of them, and I first started as being a fireman and a fireman on a steam engine on the railway that was my first job and I progressed from that into many other things I became an engineer and then after that um, I branched out into doing my own thing now each of those things I could have been called different names, but the first time I accepted being called a name tied to my occupation was when I was doing my own thing, because I aspired to something that didn't exist before, and I created something that um, I became somewhat known as a pioneer. doing, and that was opening a nightclub, so... Then I was known as a nightclub owner, and I didn't mind that, because it was done with my own effort. But anyway, to leave that aside, I became a DJ, because when my club closed, it was a natural route to take, because there was some affinity with something that I have been doing for quite a number of years, so from a club owner to a DJ, quite a natural course, so that's where I am at the moment.
0: What about father, husband, man?
2: Ah, yes, I went through (laughs) many of those routes before, and those terms could only be described with an adjective, it's whether you're a good one or a bad one, and that's... I think, I think How you're tri- are you
4: trying to make a point there, here, about the sort of fact that so, as men you identify with what you do rather than what you who you are? I
0: think not just men. I think we do tend to identify yeah. ourselves as our job, um, although I think it depends whether your identity is um, something that you have to defend. Mm. So if it's something you defend, so, for example, people who have... A, um, a different sexuality, or a disability, or a religion that's, you know, um, yeah. that is very much part of their lives, and they have to defend that, then they might identify themselves more with that label, rather yeah. than their career. So that's what I'm interested in, is, uh, you know, what, yeah. when do you identify yourself, not by your job, but as something else? Mm. Um, so, yeah, you were saying, you know, your parents were Irish, and you know, you, you, you had to kind of, and, and then you identified yourself with the kind of punk movement. Um, so when you were younger, did you say, I am a punk?
4: I was a punk. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't, yeah, it's like, yeah. I suppose with tribes, you do say, yeah, you're a bike. But generally other people define you, don't they? You know, like, you sort of, I mean, it would, you don't go around and say, I'm a greaser, I'm a punk. You sort of, you are, and then you are defined from the outside.
0: So, Luigi,
1: go for it. It's not difficult, but I'm hearing these, my, my, co- my friends' answers and, aunts, and I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit confused. Um, it's easy to blame other people. Um, I, it, it might be a bit late now, although uh, I'll, perhaps I can carry on and say, explain why it's not too late. Um, I'm afraid to, I never got married... The young lady, I you know, fifty plus years ago, I thought I rather liked. Didn't feel the same about me. Um, eventually, she got married, but they they never had any child. they never had any children for years. We kept in touch, um, but I try not to keep in touch because you know, because of fifty years ago, it's it's too it's too long ago, but. Um, I I feel not sorry, but I feel that it's um, because I never got married. I I I never had children of my own, and that's perhaps well s- not sad. It's a bit too late now, but it it, it seems well perhaps sad, perhaps it is sad. Um, but um, that my first comment about being a great uncle. Um, I've got nephews and second cousins will agree I'm a fantastic uncle for money um, now to, to one nephew I hope I'm not too much of a soft touch but um, it's probably a bit too late now um, and it's nice to see you all smiling um, but um, I I don't know um, I, I, I like to attend the as I said before the St Luke's Community Centre and um, I thought I had a lovely day yesterday. There is, there was a, a very nice lady there. And I saw her yesterday for the first time in three years. And at least we recognised each other. And I thought that was very nice. So perhaps there's still, there's still a heart in my body as it, as it is. That's Thank great. you.
2: That's a great story. Yeah.
0: It is, and there's a little message out there for the lady yes. that you yes. saw yesterday at St Luke's Community Centre. I hope she's listening. She probably isn't, but um, we might be able to relay the, the message.
4: Can we tell me tell me about St Luke's Community Centre? Because I don't
1: know about that. Is that St that, that's, that's, that's. Luke's Community Centre is down in well, I call it Finsbury. Islington Borough Council call it Islington. It's in the south of Islington, in Central Street. It's a community centre that's been there since nineteen eighty-four. Right. And I've been lucky enough to be a member there for the last ooh, eleven years. And um I'm now on I'm 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 on the user committee <laughs> because um because it's a community centre, yeah. they feel they they can't have you know paid employees on the committee, they have to have some members. And because 95% of the members are ladies, I'm the token male on the (laughs) user committee. Um, Because in in today's world, if it was all ladies, that would be improper. If it was all men, it would be improper. So I'm the token male on the St Luke's user committee. Thank you very much. (laughs) And I do enjoy it. Um, If only, perhaps because I I live alone... um, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lovely place to go to, to at least be able to speak to somebody. The idea of sitting in a room just talking to four walls yeah. gets a bit boring after a time. Um, but, and, and I'm sure, like a lot of community centres, they do a great job. They got there. Um, well, the, 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 they, all... oh, there are... Um, there are... They run a whole set of classes for people... Um, to or to learn to dance, right, the yeah, whole t- to waltz and line dance, some well um, line dancing is fantastic. S- seeing you know a dozen ladies that you know to talk to and you know their factors. You see them line up yeah, and the line dance it's a work of art. Yeah. And the way they do it, it's fantastic.
4: I think, uh, yeah, line dancing seems like a very good
1: sort of thing for people
4: to do. If they haven't got many dance skills they can still you know join in yeah, yeah, and yeah. sort of be, have a bit of fun so it seems to be quite popular I know they do that in a few other places yeah, but yeah I think the community centres there are a lot of community centres around and uh, yeah we should, be make, should yeah. all be making more use of them
1: um, they, they, well, to, uh, I must be I'm sure I'm biased but that perhaps they, they, they don't seem to be there aren't enough oh. or or people um, The the, the millions of people living in London, 60-70% of the the people living in London, they've never heard the local community centre, which is tragic, um, I think.
0: Thank you, Luigi. I'm just going to introduce our next, (laughs) our newcomer um, around the table. So our group is slowly growing, as I said it would, over the afternoon. Um, So Jess, if you'd like to come um, just nearer to the mic. And we're talking about um, identity. So I'm just going to jump in and ask you how you identify yourself. Oh, great question. (laughs)
3: Um, I don't know... uh... I don't feel a very strong national identity I don't think I've always thought I don't feel very British um but I definitely identify from growing up in London I feel like London's quite a unique place um and then I guess the rest of my identity comes from uh my family and the people I hang out with and like those choices that I make I guess.
0: So that's um that's interesting because we haven't talked about nationality or um you know where we were born yet so thank you for bringing that up i think that's that's interesting so so far um we we've been talking about how we identify ourselves by our job or by uh, so sasha said she identified herself as a woman first of all so um, and newton was is definitely defined by what he does rather than um where he's from or uh what you know family ties and then uh ken uh talks about um well you actually there was a bit of nationality in there because um his parents were Irish so that that kind of identity came in so um, and then, being a punk when he was younger, so the labels that other people put on him as a yes. as a punk <laughs> and then no. Luigi talks about being a great uncle so that that kind of um, family identity so actually um let 's go around yeah i'm i 'm interested in this kind of national identity or or so luigi you 've got um Italian roots, does that kind of come into your? you know how you feel about yourself or how you identi- well, a- identify yourself
1: it does but um i was born in in the london borough of finsbury as far as i'm concerned i still live in the london borough of finsbury um but if if i had to think of identity i think i'm a londoner first and foremost um Yeah, I've got a British passport. We've all got British passports, but um, I'm a Londoner. I was born in London. Um, With any luck, I'll pass away in London. And, uh, you know, in 50 years' time, me and the Queen will be soldiering on. (laughs) And um, it'll be fantastic. But no, I I look on myself as a a Londoner, rather than British or English... um, but I'm you've got Londoner. you've
0: got an Italian yeah, name, yeah, an yeah. Italian surname. My, yeah. my
1: father's father yeah. was born in Italy, came over here in the eighteen seventies to work, and he worked here all, for the rest of his life. He passed away in nineteen fifty, um, and um, well, I'm still. I'm still a lot younger than he was when he passed away, so I've still got a few years to go. Um, my father and my aunt, that my my grandparents' children, they were both born in London. Um, but for the, on the male side, um, my my name is my grandfather's name. When I was born, apparently I don't you know I was too young to to know. My father looked at me and said his name will be Luigi Indri, my my grandfather's name. So I, I've always been Luigi Indri, and it is a well, it is foreign name. It is an Italian name, but my accent—I'm sure you will all understand—doesn't sound very Italian because I was born in Finsbury, and I've—I've I've got a go blimey, mate. We ain't off in a two and eight now. Voice. Thank you.
0: Um. So we'll go around. Um, so Ken, you, you, you talked a little bit about your Irish roots, and you've yeah. got an Irish name. Yes. So do people make assumptions about you, or yeah. have you? Actually, kind of
4: it's so funny because uh, Luigi says that he uh, he's uh, sort of Italian. My name, my surname is Falati. Uh, so when I say my surname, sometimes I go like this, Falati, and they always <laughs> when I do that, they always assume I'm Italian. <laughs> okay. um, I say you're Italian, and I go, yeah, well. Uh, um, um, what
1: is- <laughs> Uh, there's probably quite because many. the filati, the i at the end, um, it's got to be Italian. Um, <laughs> my my cousin, what um, well, more? Well, my aunt, her she her name, her maiden name was Indri. She married an Italian called Piazza, with a vowel at the end. Um, my cousins. My male, my boy cousin. His name is Luigi Piazza, and he he, he resents the people say, "Oh, it's a terrible foreign name." But he was born in the King's Cross Road, two hundred yards from where I was born. Yeah, there's quite unity in in uh, in London, especially in uh, in uh, Clerkenwell Clark- well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, in- I was born in Little Italy. Um, the primary school, I, I went to a Roman Catholic primary school, because like all good Italians, I, I was brought up <laughs> Roman Catholic. Um, the primary school I went to, um, forty we were all born in London. 40, 45% of the boys and girls at that primary school had Italian names. 30% had Irish names. And I can remember one or two boys and girls with English names, but that was... Well, over seventy years ago. All right.
4: Cool. So um, yeah, I mean, I you know I'm more relaxed into my identity, but like you say, you assume the identity sometimes of the area you live in. You know, even mm-hmm. even now, you know, I feel that Hackney has got everything to offer that I need. Do you know what I mean? In terms of a borough, in terms of the community. Mm-hmm. In terms of, uh, in, in, you know, so like I'm a Londoner, but you know, I, I'm I'm at home in Hackney, you know, and I've lived all over London, and so it, it's it's quite interesting how you gravitate to a certain certain area. Like and anyway, yeah. That's my
0: Newton. So your roots, your name, where your family are from, has that kind of had an impact on? who you are and your your identity and and the assumptions people make about you for example
2: well um, that is the way things work I suppose first it's visual because that is the obvious thing and I am partly identified by other people in the visual um, initiation of sighting me Um, I suppose in most things they move on to a realistic tack of who you are by how and what you say. And of course this has been the case in my case and it hasn't um, ruffled me in any way to see people identify me in their own rights and in most cases I I suppose subconsciously change their initial attitude as to what I am this is before identifying who I am and of course we get to that stage um, as a secondary part of what you're about and how well you bear that reality so there are many aspects to identify who you are and the most important ones are those that you make for yourself and it doesn't always match up with other people's (laughs) opinion but that's part of the mix
0: so I'm. I'm just going to go for it. I'm interested. Um, obviously, you know, you have a Jamaican accent. You're black. Yeah. Um, have people made assumptions about who they think you are, and then, and then, you know, as soon as you've started talking to them, that that's changed. Have you seen that happen in a conversation?
2: Yes, and in many cases, of course, um, your addiction is always very much. And um, scrutiny, or hearing scrutiny. And um, as you say, I speak Jamaican. Ragwan? <laughs> no, I don't. I speak the way I do now, as a matter of habit. And um, I may, in the right company, accept the Jamaican type lingo. lingo, but it's not relevant to who I eventually turn out to be because I I view from my own perspective that I I am many things and I can relate to many aspects of what I've experienced in life. And I think we all do. We are part of the experiences that we've had all folded into one. And um, that personifies you as a person
0: thank you um Jess see you um how about you I, I I guess what's kind of interesting is um you know white woman nice accent <laughs> people make probably make assumptions that you're you know you might be more privileged or you've got a certain background have you come across that at all
3: yeah I have I uh I've been living in Glasgow for the last five years, um, and so in Glasgow, having an English accent has like a lot of connotations already, and especially having like a southern accent um, means a very different thing up there. Um, especially, I think I think the UK in general has a big preoccupation with accent, and I think a lot of people's identities. That like you um, said that you have a London accent—that's like a big part of who you are. I think class is really connected to accent in the UK in the way that it isn't in say America. Um, So a lot of the time in Scotland for instance during the independence vote if I was speaking to people they'd immediately presume that I would vote against in Scottish independence. A lot of people assumed that I was a Tory (laughs) um, because I'm English and I'm posh (laughs) Uh, and also yeah assumed that I've got loads of money. So yeah it was really interesting. I I never really thought about my accent before leaving where I grew up, before, like, going somewhere else and being faced with being the person without the normal accent.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. So it's these assumptions that is always um, interesting and and how people kind of... I love it when people just go in with a complete assumption of who you are and then start speaking to you and you can see them just being very confused. I get that all the time because I'm a total mongrel. And... um, (laughs) people find it very difficult to place me because I just am from many places and my accent kind of changes all the time and I'm not quite, you know, I, they just don't know where to where I fit. So it's always quite interesting, people kind of trying to work it out. And actually, the lovely thing that I get um, is people often think I am from where they are from, which <laughs> is kind of nice because it just means that I, I can just be who they want me to be so um yeah I, I kind of enjoy playing with that um so yeah so we've talked about kind of um the kind of visual and the the where our accents are from and where um people you know the the kind of family name which is always interesting when you've got a certain name people make an assumption about your class or who you're from and certain names have certain Connotations because they're linked to f- certain families. So um, earlier, uh, Newton, we were talking about the Rothschilds, for example, right? So if you've got a name like that, um, <laughs> it does it, it does mean that you're from a specific family. But people are going to immediately make some sort of assumption about who you are. Um, so I think names are really interesting as well because you know they are very much linked to to certain identities and and certain cultures. But what about religion? So, um, Luigi, you said you went to a, a Roman Catholic school. Um, did did you practice at home? Were you were you your family Roman Catholic, or was it just the school?
1: Just the school. My parents um, weren't religious at all, but um, perhaps <laughs> perhaps because, or perhaps because I was. Um, Baptised, christened, I'm not sure what the right word is. Um, I was christened Roman Catholic. My two little brothers were christened Roman Catholic. Um, my father was Roman Catholic. My mother was Church of England, which caused a lot of trouble with for the Catholic Church. Um, after I was born, um, I was churched in the Holy Redeemer, which is a, a High Church of England church. Because... Our local Catholic church, um, as far as they were concerned, my parents weren't married. Um, <laughs> we all know what that made me. But um, um, It was, I grew up um, it, with, with the, well, the, pressure's not the right word when you're you a boy. Um, uh, the, the, the primary school I went to was next door to the church. I went to St. Peter's and Paul's Roman Catholic Primary School, which was 10 yards from St. Peter's and Paul's Roman Catholic Church. Um, every, well, every other day, the, f- the first class was in the church. We went to Mass every morning. And, well, I, I left primary school, and I made the political mistake when I was 11 of passing my 11-plus, and I went to a grammar school. And that seems to be, you know, today that is wrong, immoral, Um, but I I rather enjoyed it. But it was a Church of England um, secondary school. Um, I I went from going to Mass four times a week to going to Mass on Sunday uh, from home. Um, We had religious instruction once a week. Um, We didn't say, well, yes, we sang a hymn every morning at assembly and I got I, I changed as, as I got used to that. Um, I I suppose as, as I as I as I went from being a you know a, a seven eight nine ten year old boy to being a teenager when rock and roll started in the early nineteen fifties, um, I stopped going to church after I'd been confirmed. So as far as the church is concerned, I've, I've apart from not being married or never having been married, um, I, I, I was baptised, I had my first communion, and I was confirmed. So all that's waiting for me is St. Peter at the pearly gates. <laughs> um, but, um, or, or when the next, time, the next time I go to confession, it'll be, pray, Father, give me your blessing, for I have sinned. It's um, 65, <laughs> 66 years since my last confession. But I've done nothing really wrong. Thank you. <laughs> um,
0: so, is anyone else here got defined at all by their religious belief or identify themselves as a in their religious belief?
3: I thought it was interesting what you were saying um, that your family's not religious, but you've gone through the bits of religion. Yes. So, my family, my dad's family, is Jewish, yeah. um, and haven't an, not at all practicing. No one believes yes, in yeah. God, but oh. I think like the Jewish. Faith, especially, um, sees itself. Mm. Uh, it's like a big part of your identity yes, if you're yeah, Jewish. Yeah. Even though it's my dad's family, yeah, so technically yeah, I'm not even yeah, that yeah. that Jewish. So our joke in my family is that we're all Jewish. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it's like it's still a big part of it, and we yeah. go through the rituals. Like my aunt and uncle do Passover, and that's really fun. Even though that d- yes, means yeah. nothing to me yeah. emotionally, yeah. but well, no, it does emotionally, but not religiously, I guess.
1: Yeah. Um, we we, I can remember as a child, and even. Today I'm lucky in a way. I um, there, there, are, there are, we have or, uh, Italian Catholics. I can't talk about Catholics in general because I'm sure it's different in different parts of the world. We have um, particular feast days. Um, we'll have certain meals because it's religion. It's it's convention, um, and I can remember having particular meals, at particular on particular. You know, um, Good Friday, we'd have a special meal, and um, other meals, you know, religious holidays or Catholic religious holidays throughout the year, there were there were meals we would have, and um, well, <laughs> I don't do that anymore because <laughs> my mother was a great cook, but um, mm. and perhaps I'm not, <laughs> but um, I can remember that when I was growing up, there would be we would have well um, um, bizzard, that's a, an eel dish. Um, but only you know, once or twice a year on particular days. And, um, well, perhaps that's changed now. I'm not sure. Um, but, well, I, I, I can see I'm older than some of you. Um, I grew up, when there was radio, I grew up before television started, um, for, you know, for, for the masses. Um, so it, it was perhaps slightly different times. Um, but the, well... Um, The primary school I went to, it's physically moved to a different place, but it's still there. And St. Peter's and Paul's Roman Catholic Church is still there, although I've not been there for years. I go to St. Clements, which is a high church of England church, but it's only 50 yards from where I live, so it's closer. And the the, the parish priest there... um, He's, he's a nice young man, but um, he uses St Luke's Community Centre, which I do. So I've I, I, I recognised him from there. Um, so it, it, it's, it's good.
0: Newton, do you, would you say your religion identifies you at all? Like, do you do you kind of is that part of <coughs> who you are?
2: Well, my religion at the moment is could be described as being a crazy mixed up kid because the things that I grew up on and which I later researched has panned out completely different to what I was led to believe and I did believe it seriously at many stages of my life and now that I have researched it I'm not so sure but I do believe that there is a God and I'm not tied to any particular religion per se but with the knowledge that I have and how um, I've experienced through that knowledge, I do believe that there is a God, or a providence, for want of a better word. And I try and abide by the things that are looked on as commandments and which I know from my own reckoning is good. And I try to live my life by that. Um, I've not been a saint, the way saints should be, but um, I think basically um, what my aspiration has led me to be uh, aspire to be a good person. And that's it. That's my take to religion.
0: Thank you. And then finally, I think um, another, something that Ken touched on a, a little while ago, is how we're defined by a certain subculture or a type of music that we listen to, Um, especially, you know, when we're growing up. So it's more of a kind of youthful experience. But, um, you know, teenagers and young adults very much do define themselves, I guess because you don't have a career yet and things like that. You very much define yourself by the type of music you listen to or the uh, subculture that you um, belong to. So I'm interested to hear what um, subcultures or music um, people have defined themselves by. Um, Ken, do you want to expand on your punk dates a little bit?
4: (laughs) Uh, Okay. Well, I mean, as you all know, I mean, we were all fed sort of uh, West Coast uh, guitar music, uh, well, not even West Coast, like mid-American sort of like super bands and all of that. And it was just so... Refreshing. It was like a wake-up, like, oh, my God, I've been living in this world and I, of, like, American songs like Sweet Home Alabama and all of these sort of rubbish that didn't mean anything to you, you know, as a kid growing up in South London. And then sort of when punk just burst on the scene, it just like, wow, I've been listening to that rubbish. It's like, what the hell? This is, like, fantastic. It's just, like, raw energy without... Really, music, musicality in that sense, but just expression, and anger, and, and 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 just like let's just burn the walls down. You know what I mean? So, for me, that was a, that was a transformative experience, and, and I carry that with me now. I mean, I run a gallery in Dawston, and we have very much like a, a DIY punk ethos that still resonates today, so yeah, that's that does leave an impression on you, and you do see that in people, you can you can see people go, oh, you, you were probably, you were an old rocker, and you, you know and people do, you know, I've got friends who still listen to stuff, which I, I, lives, I they yeah. do, they still listen to the Beatles, which I hate, but I mean you know, they still will identify for music from that era, and they will stay, and I always think that's a tragedy I always think people should be very much aware of what's going on now, you know, and like just you know, I mean, you know, like as you know, like hip hop came along and they tried to quash that and now it's a multi million business and it's all you know, it's kind of like obviously it gets ruined on in the process, but yeah. anyway. So, well, you've seen more about musical genres than, than, right. than all of us I would imagine. Yes,
2: yeah, so i had some rotten experience.
4: Rotten rotten. <laughs> <laughs> Tell
0: us more, um, tell
2: us more. Yes. um, Music seems at the moment to be the platform from which I stand with my life. And um, I've taken that on my journey for a good little while, right up to the the now aspect of things. And on that journey, I have learned quite a lot of things, and I'm still learning because musical history has become very much in vogue at the moment. And the fact that I deal with musical history in my own idiom, and even though it's been classified as a certain thing, like it's reggae or soul or whatever, It's just my way of organizing an expression at some point in time, and which I call and feel is a spiritual um, origin. And um, I'm privileged to be able to do it. And of course, I shall continue to do so for as long as I'm able to.
0: Thank you. Jess, what about you? Have you ever kind of been part of a subculture or defined yourself by the music that you listen to?
3: Um, I had an amazing, I was just trying to think when I, when I was, was talking, but when I was a teenager, I was in um, a youth big band. I play the saxophone. Um, and so it was called Haringey Young Musicians. And it was amazing. There, it was. You, it was from 12 to 18. And there were loads of us and we were completely immersed in amazing jazz and we were really nurtured and um taught to improvise and it was amazing like yeah I think the communication and the language that you can have the conversations that you can have through music through playing with people um is really different and really special so that was amazing and actually also um at the time the mayor of Haringey was called Shake Thompson and he's from Jamaica and he sponsored us uh to go on tour to Jamaica um and play and a few places over there, and it was amazing. It was one of the best experiences I've ever had. <laughs> mm, there
2: you go. Amazing. Um, yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: and um, Luigi, you listened to Swing. That was your thing.
1: Yes. Um, I, I, feel, I, feel, I feel old, but... Um, I, I remember I grew up, the start of rock and roll... In 1953, 1954. I was 13 and 14 years old. Um, I think I was lucky. Um, I I I I got fantastic O levels, not not in A's and B's and C's because they didn't do that. If you got 47%, you'd passed. So the aim was to hit 48%, and I was very lucky. I I was lucky enough to stay on at school. To do my A levels, and I got physics, chemistry, and pure maths at A level, um, which everybody thought was fantastic. I, I I I I did a five-year student apprenticeship, and if anybody can remember um, what that was, um, you started working for nothing, and you carried on working for nothing. But I enjoyed it, and I, I did quite well. But um, in in the late fifties in London, there was tr- traditional jazz. Boom. Um, I, we, we, mates, I suppose. Um, we were all... Um, I can remember seeing Count Basie when he first appeared in this country, and Duke Ellington. Um And, and we, 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 were, we were fans of a band called the Bruce Turner Jump Band, which very few people had heard of. But on a Friday night, we got the Manor House Traditional Jazz Club, and that was fantastic. Um, it was, uh, well, it, we, we were members. Um, on a Friday night, well, there were fights, but only after the pub had turned <laughs> out. Um, and the fights were your boys fighting other boys because of the girls. Um, I, perhaps it's not natural, but it happened. Um, <laughs> but that were the good old days. Um, <laughs> bands like Mr. Ackerbilk, Kenny Ball which m- most of us today, people today haven't heard of because 19, the 1950s was when their parents were born. Um, but some of us were still, uh, still going round. But I, I can r- remember at those times seeing the Bruce Turner Jump Band and after, after we'd stopped going to the Manor House, we'd go down the Six Bells in, King, in the Kings Road, Chelsea. And it was only a bus ride away but it was it was it was swing music and that band really swung. And um, I that was this still it's still to my mind the best music. And thanks to the internet, I can I can now type in on my tablet Bruce Turner jump band and close my eyes and That's I'm strong. I'm back down the six bells. <laughs> um a, a pub I've not been into since I don't know, 1965, yeah, 19. 1960. If it's if it's still there anymore, it's probably not. It's probably been turned into luxury flats, <laughs> like so many other public houses. There wasn't
4: ever that many pubs down the King's Road, wasn't it? Um,
1: was there? Uh, I, I, I I don't know. Um, perhaps because I was, I've only ever well, apart from holidays, um, I've only ever lived in central London. Um, so the idea of going down the King's Road, it was. It meant I had to walk twenty, walk fifty yards to a bus stop, get on a bus, yeah. and when I came out, I, I crossed the road, get on a bus, the same bus going back the other way, and it was there. And it, it, it's, it's probably more true today, um, but there are so many buses today that run twenty-four hours a day, six days a week, and. Um, I can always, you know, we'd always make sure we had to come out of the pub enough, quick enough to catch the last bus because walking back from the Kings Road to the Angel Islington, it was a long, long walk. Absolutely.
0: So it's nearly time to wrap up the show, and I'm going to ask you one last question. Um, We're all different ages here, come from different times but I think we can all still have some sort of aspiration. So what I'm asking now is, we talked about who, how we define ourselves, but what, what do we aspire to be? I'm going to start with you, Newton.
2: I am that I am. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, I arrived there through many processes and I I've learned not to take anything for granted in the sense that what you are now tomorrow, it could change. So I appreciate every day that I am. That's good.
0: Good Thank you. I like that, um, Ken.
4: Ken, yeah. Well, aspiration is a word that gets banded around quite a lot. It's what drives us. It's the sort of thing what drives advertisers to drive us. Yeah. Uh, I think it changes as you get to a certain age. You sort of aspire to sort of, you know, you sort of realise that sort of doing stuff in a community, say, for instance, is much more, you know, like being less selfish, I think, is kind of one thing. Like maybe sort of putting a little bit out uh, and sort of,
2: uh, yeah.
4: Yeah, it's difficult, I don't know.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm perhaps well. Perhaps I am the oldest one here. I'm not sure, but uh, I'm looking for. I'm looking forward to the next 23 years, so that I will get a a, a telegram from royalty saying congratulations, you're a hundred, and that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm a little bit heavy, but not a lot heavy. Um, but I, I'm, I'm still. F- fit on my feet, I walked here and I shall be walking home this evening um, I don't think I'm, I'm I, I think I'm reasonably fit um, and I well, I hope you all think the same <laughs> <laughs> at look at that me but right. um, <laughs> I, I'm just well, 76. I'm 77. How oh, are you? Oh, I'm right. 77. Yeah. You remember 77 so Sunset so Strip? Uh, <laughs> there we are. We all we some of us heard that. Um, <laughs> but well, uh, well, yeah. The next 23 years, um, or perhaps the the marriage of my um, Self? <laughs> um, yeah. no, my nephew, my nephew's two daughters. And my second cousin's two sons, because they're in 23 years' time, they'll all be old enough to get married. Thank you. Jess. <laughs>
0: well,
3: well, As the youngest person yes. in the
0: room. <laughs> <laughs> so
3: I'm 23. Um, so in 77 years, I'm looking forward to my letter from the queen. (laughs) Um, I obviously have aspirations for my like job and life. Um, but right now at the moment I am trying to just, I'm just enjoying, um, being happy with myself and like believing in myself, being kind to myself, um, and being content with who I am and what I'm doing. So that's what I'm doing at the moment Thank you, and thank you to
0: everyone.
4: What about your aspirations? <laughs> oh, my aspirations. I thought I'd get <laughs> out of it. <this>. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I think, um, yeah, I, it, a lot of my aspirations kind of echo in what everyone said. So I think it's it's to be, I guess the community focus is important to me, um, generosity um, to live a, a kind of good and fulfilling life it all sounds a bit cliche but you know those are kind of aspirations that I think most of us um, live for um, and I think also just not to get kind of too down on things you know sometimes things go wrong and you just got to deal with that and you know just take take things as they come and kind of deal with them as they come and, and not not kind of get too wound up so, yeah, I just think to carry on as I am. And then I think the big thing and the kind of rule of thumb that I try to live by is just not, and, and that's why I was interested about this identity question, is just not making assumptions. And I really try that's, you know to aspire to that is just not making assumptions about people and just um, letting them reveal themselves and, and not assuming that I know who they are. So that's it. Thank you all for being here and thank you for listening.